0: Hello, Alternate History Enjoyers! Today, we're going to explore three what-if scenarios for the Taiping Rebellion. First, we're going to find out what would have happened if the Taipings won the Civil War, modernized China, and set it down the path of a Western-style Great Power. Then, we're going to investigate a worst-case scenario from a Taiping victory, where instead of modernizing China, they turn it into a theocratic tyranny. And for our third scenario, we'll look at what would have happened if there was a partial Taiping victory resulting from a later Western intervention into the conflict. Just know that this video is a companion to our two-part series on the Taiping Rebellion. You can check it out by clicking the link on the top right of your screen. While this video totally works on its own, knowing the history of the Taiping Rebellion will add useful context. So you can call me Ezekiel. And this is What Would Have Happened If The Taipings Won The Taiping Civil War. The best possible outcome in the event of a Taiping victory would certainly have been Hong Rangan implementing his westernization program on China. If you'll remember from our main series, Hong Rang Gan was the Heavenly King's cousin who'd spent several years living with the foreign community in Hong Kong. His time studying under and working for the foreigners made him into one of the most forward-thinking men in China. As the Boxer Rebellion would prove in our timeline, Westernization would seriously disrupt the Chinese economy and way of life, particularly among the peasantry. This would surely lead to unrest, but not the massive rebellions you might expect given the Taiping's differing religion from the rest of China. You see, the Taipings actually liked China's main faith of Confucianism. Their theology was, in many ways, a syncretization between Protestantism, with an emphasis on the Old Testament, and Confucianism. As far as religious persecutions would go, the Taipings would mostly be hunting down Buddhists and Taoists. While there would certainly be rebellions, they wouldn't be massive, and they would be more motivated by economic and social issues than religious ones. The Taipings would also enjoy multiple advantages that would make putting down the rebellions easier. These include a large population of loyal Civil War veterans, a history of using superior foreign mercenaries, and, unlike the Qing, not being bankrupt or having a budget overwhelmed by foreign indemnities. On the world stage, the biggest winner of Hong Renggan's reforms would be China. The nation would enjoy a rapidly developing economy, foreign allies who would actually like China now that it's left behind its middle kingdom conceit, and an ability to project power not seen since the Ming treasure fleets of the 15th century. The foreign powers would certainly suffer some setbacks because of this. So one has to ask, would any of them try to stop China? Japan provides the best case study. Japan never had to fight any major wars to reclaim its treaty ports, and were later able to join the international system as a great power no less by proving themselves on the world stage. However, Japan was never under as much Western influence as China, meaning the Westerners didn't have as big a stake in Japan as they did in China. This means that China would be more likely to see retaliation, If that were to happen, there would be another round of opium wars, as the Westerners try to maintain their trade concessions and impose similar indemnities to those they had forced on the Qing. In such a conflict, the Taipings would only have a marginally better chance at survival than the Qing had. Unlike the Qing, the Taipings wouldn't suffer from as big a technological or institutional disparity, and would have an easier time mobilizing the Chinese population since they were Han Chinese themselves. The Taiping's semi-Christian status would also make an opium war against them very unpopular in Europe, especially in the Protestant UK where it would matter the most. While the Taipings probably couldn't achieve total victory, they could very well resist long enough for the conflict's unpopularity or even intervention from another power to force an end to it. Either way, the Japanese and Russians would be the biggest losers from a westernized China. The Russians would not be able to assert influence in Manchuria like they did in our timeline, and the Japanese would replace the weak China they easily bullied in our timeline with a powerful China that would certainly try to exert its own influence over Japan. That doesn't have to be a catastrophe for the Japanese though. It's entirely possible that they'd recognize their situation and resign themselves to being a junior partner to China, a role they've happily filled in the past. If it does come to conflict though, it would be decided at sea, much like how the first Sino-Japanese war was decided in our timeline. In that conflict, the Japanese got very lucky and managed to destroy China's entire Blue Water Navy, but against a more developed Taiping fleet, that outcome isn't nearly as likely. Overall, a modernized Taiping-led China would be in a very good position going into the 20th century. So leave an ice cream emoji in the comments, because this China is absolutely Bing Chilling. There are a lot of ways Hang Shaquan's tyranny could be prevented or subverted. Shaquan could have been removed from power, but kept as a figurehead in a palace coup, or he could just die young and be replaced by a more competent heir. But for this scenario, we're going to assume he remains in control of the country and lives a long, terrible life. And you know what? We're going to make this scenario even worse by having the Taipings not win thanks to Hong Rang Gan's plan, but from successfully defeating the Qing in their first march on Peking. That way, Hong Rang Gan will have no good arguments for westernization since the Taipings will have won the civil war without it. Taiping tyranny would have two goals forcibly converting the Chinese to their faith, and hunting down the hated demon devils, who would now be Qing loyalists, infidels, heretics, and anyone else opposed to the regime, both real and imagined. No one would be safe, and massive rebellions would be the result. The foreign powers would have an interesting role to play here, They could easily find themselves in a situation where the only way to defend their treaty ports from the increasingly chaotic China is by expanding their frontiers into it. This would further destabilize the country, forcing them to continue their expansion. This is the exact Indian scenario that the British were trying to prevent in our timeline but in China, it would be even worse, since there would be multiple great powers competing for a slice. And that's all assuming Hong Xie doesn't unite the Chinese against the foreigners and try to undo the unequal treaties by force. A conflict he would certainly lose, but not before causing tremendous amounts of suffering in the process. As long as a maddened Hong Xie ruled China, life in the empire would be a nightmare. There's little telling what would happen after his death but if it's any consolation, the rapid Christianization of China could have some positive long-term effects, because after the tyranny ends, it could make the Chinese more interested in westernizing, as their own faith will have come from foreign lands. China had endured similar horrors in the past, so it could very well find a way to come out stronger on the other side. Our third and final scenario will be, in my opinion, the most interesting, a partial Taiping victory. If you'll remember from our main series, as the head of foreign affairs, Hong Ranggan didn't just change the Taiping's policies on foreign relations and westernization, but their entire war strategy too. His plan was to capture Shanghai use the city's wealth and foreign community to buy a flotilla of gunboats, use it to dominate the Yangtze River Valley, and then consolidate the entire National South. That would result in starving out the Qing-controlled North, which imported its food from the South. In our timeline, the Taipings were stopped at Shanghai by Western intervention. So that's where we're going to diverge from history, by having the Westerners allow the Taipings to take Shanghai and agree to sell them their gunboats. The Taipings would follow through on the rest of their plan, dominating the Yangtze with their flotilla and consolidating their control of all lands to the south. But it's here where the Westerners will change their minds and intervene. Why? Well, with the Qing government on its last legs, foreign officials will realize that allowing the Taipings to finish them off would risk turning China into a powerful rival, and will cause them to lose out on the huge reparation payments the Qing owed them. To prevent that from happening, the Western powers will prop up the Qing rump state with food and guarantees of its independence. Even with the entire Chinese South and a flotilla of gunboats, it's unlikely that the Taipings could both defeat the Northern Qing and their European allies. So whether they fight it out to a stalemate, or recognize the futility of continuing, the Taipings would eventually be forced to settle for southern China. But, with their capital in Nanjing, the Taipings were at least already set up for that. The following decades would see a fascinating great game play out in China, with the Western powers, particularly Russia, and later the westernizing Japan jockeying for influence over the Qing rump state and the friendship of the Taipings. Meanwhile, the Taipings would be trying to win enough Western friends to allow them to finish their conquest without triggering an intervention. It's impossible to know for sure how this would end. In theory, the Russians would be the best position to influence the Qing Rump state, but as the Crimean and Russo Japanese wars would prove, Russian power projection is always greater in appearance than in reality. If I had to make a bet, it would be that the Taipings would eventually conquer the Qing Rump state. The southern Taipings would certainly implement Hong Rangan's modernization plans. The Qing, meanwhile, would fall to even worse decadence than they did in our timeline due to their humiliating position. In a way, they would be the sick man of Asia. When the Qing finally did collapse, the Western powers wouldn't be able to stop the Taipings from flooding in, as the Chinese people would surely see a Qing collapse as proof of the Taipings winning the Mandate of Heaven. And those are three alternate outcomes to the Taiping Rebellion. We just saw what kinds of positive impacts modernization could have had on China, the sorts of dangers that come from putting religious fanatics in charge of the most populous nation on Earth, and just how big an impact Western interventions could have in 19th century East Asia. This video was funded by Hong Rangan as a reminder of what could have been, as well as by his top Western advisors G.S. Rogers, Josiah, Pater, The Raven Union, The Union of X, and Viceroy Ethan Albert. Links to where you can join them are in the description. Like, comment, and subscribe for more. I'll see you in the next one.